91.7 WVXU is proud to support this and other locally produced podcasts through its podcast network. For an easy-to-navigate curated list of some of the best local and national podcasts, visit Podcast Central at wvxu.org slash podcastcentral. Welcome to The 12th Story, a podcast produced by Cincinnati's Mercantile Library, where readers gather to engage, connect, debate, and discuss. The Mercantile Library is 183 years old and is the literary center of Cincinnati. Throughout the year, the Mercantile Library hosts authors and speakers, book discussion groups, and other civic events. We are a working library with more than 80,000 books available to members. We're located at 414 Walnut Street in downtown Cincinnati and online at mercantilelibrary.com. And we always welcome new members and guests. Joining us today in the reading room on the 12th story of the Mercantile Building is C. Jacqueline Wood. She's the director of the Mini Micro Cinema at 1329 Main Street and over the Rhine. Um, I'm really excited to talk to Jacqueline today um, because I'm a big fan of the Mini Micro, um, so I'd like to find out more. Jacqueline, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about how the Mini Micro Cinema got started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The Mini Micro Cinema started as a Globe grant at People's Liberty. Um, People's Liberty is a philanthropic lab uh, run by the Hale Foundation, and it is located over near Findlay Market. And the thing that they do, which is really, really awesome, is that they give grants to individuals um, for art projects, um, civic-minded sort of uh, initiatives. And I was really, really lucky to be accepted in their first year as a resident in their space. Um, They have a gallery space, and every three months it kind of rotates. And so I had an idea uh, for a small cinema. Uh, It's not a new idea. Micro cinemas exist in most major cities. Um, But there wasn't one here. So I had an idea to do this micro cinema, and it worked. Great. (laughs) Does your background in film, I mean, what, what... Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I'm actually from Cincinnati, uh, grew up here, went to Walnut Hills High School, of course. I think everyone always mentions <laughs> the high school <laughs> they've gone to. Um, I never thought was into film. I was always I'm sort of into art and played sports and just never knew in a million years I would become a filmmaker. Um, but what happened is I went to the University of Michigan for undergrad. And my first semester there, maybe it was my second semester, I walked into the Ann Arbor Film Festival office and just said, I'm here, I want to intern. Um, and I basically did not leave that office for four years. So I absolutely fell in love with film. I fell in love with experimental film. Um, ended up majoring in film and video. Um, went on to get my master's at the Art Institute in Chicago and uh, in film and video as well. So yes, I have a background both in production studies. Um, I also run my own little production company. So I am a maker myself and an artist and filmmaker. So. Fantastic. What brought you back to Cincinnati? You know, I was living, after grad school, I moved back to Ann Arbor, and I was working for the festival again, Um, and just kind of, you know, I just, I love it there, but I missed home, and I missed um, my family, and 
seeing all of this sort of renaissance happening here was very exciting, more opportunity. You know, I had never lived in Cincinnati as an adult. So, you know, all the different places, you know, bars and such, like places to go, like I'd never been to. You know, I lived, the last I had lived here was in high school. So um, it was really exciting to move back here and kind of find my place here um, as a grown person. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I came back. So it's been about um, five or six years since I've been back. Okay. So um, you started out, or the mini micro cinema started out um, in a space right by Finley Market, correct? Mm -hmm. yes. When was this? Um, let's see. This was summer of 2015, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, summer of 2015. Um, and what we ended up doing for, I think it was about eight weeks. I'm not always good at my accuracy of numbers, um, but I think it was about eight weeks. Um, we offered more than 26 different programs, um, really, really focusing on sort of the experimental film and, and art film world and video world. Um, what I ended up doing is bringing in a lot of my friends who are filmmakers themselves and also curators uh, from all over the country and um, gave them funding to show work, new work to the people of Cincinnati. Um, it's really important to me that the that the screenings um, still are actually um, are free and accessible. Um, so yeah, that summer we, you know, we had all these screenings. We also um, commissioned uh, two-dimensional art as well for our movie posters. So that's an opportunity that we give artists. Um, and we also do um, some installation work as well. So we had a flat screen running in the concession stand area that highlighted different artists as well. Excellent. So what? tell me about the process. Did you, did you move right from there to Main Street? No, actually. We had a sort of in-between. So one thing that happened with the success I'm sorry, success of the mini um, at People's Liberty was that people were starting to take notice. And Matt Distel, who runs the Carnegie Art Center in Covington, um, was really excited about what we were doing and so offered us a show. Um, and I say us, you know, a lot of this project it, it has really been fueled by me and my vision, but I do have a wonderful team um, who do volunteer their time and have really stepped up and helped with the programming and such. Um, but really early on, it really was just me and kind of this mad scientist world just <laughs> trying to create something out of nothing. Um, but yeah, we were at the Carnegie. Um, that was the, let's see, spring of 2016. And that was, I think, about a five-week show. We did very similar programming, uh, new new curators, new work, uh, screenings every week, but we also got to take over the whole gallery space. And so um, we curated moving image work that might not necessarily be um, a film projected on a wall, but you know incorporates space and time and, and sculpture and all these other things. So we got to take over the space um, and that was really fun. So yeah, from there, that's when we ended up op um, getting funding to open our space. Okay. So, yeah. So what what do you I mean, what what do you see different about kind of working in someone else's space versus having your own space? Is there a radical change there? Or yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's. Uh, I'm very conscious of environments and architecture and kind of how people move through um, spaces and how that affects their experience. And so, you know, I really, that's actually one reason why I'm a, a often do site-specific installation work myself as an artist. Um, so I really, you know, every space that we've been in, I've sort of tried to think about 
um, how people interact with the art, the cinema, what happens in that space, and the feeling. Um, when we opened our space at 1329 Main Street, it was an opportunity to really make it what we wanted to. And so it's been a process. Um, it's taken, you know, pretty much, I think we signed the lease in May. We didn't open till September. So there were a lot of things that had to happen. Uh, we had to have the wall where we projected built out. Uh, we had to install lighting and electric. And I sewed all the curtains and figured out where all the, you know, posters were going to go. And all the technology was, was a lot of work. What's nice about having a permanent space is that, we don't have to take it down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Um, after every screening or after six weeks or something, we're not a pop-up. We have uh, a permanence. And I think what that does to film goers is kind of lets them know, like, we're here to stay. We are, will consistently have programming for you um, in one location. So, yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Um, I wanted to kind of touch on the programming you do, or more than touch on it, because I'm, I'm always impressed by... Um, what you guys show there. It's such a great mix of kind of experimental film, classics, kind of art house cinema, and even a little bit more mainstream stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so can you tell me about kind of the, how, how you get from the, the blank page for your calendar for a month to the, the, what you do put together. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've sort of come a long way from when I was just kind of asking my friends to curate stuff um, to now we have a screening and programming committee. Um, so the people that we work with um, all have their own likes and interests. So they bring different voices to our programming. Um, my Personally, I really just love short experimental films, whether shown on 16 millimeter or video, um, that really, really push the boundaries of form and um, kind of, you know, dissects uh, the different kind of strategies that narrative and conventional filmmaking use. We work with um, a wonderful guy named Peter Van Heining. He is more into the classics and the art house. Um, Andy Marco is an artist in town, and he also shows a lot of the experimental sort of obscure work. Um, Sam Drake is really into slow cinema, so it's more, more narrative, but a lot of foreign work as well. So we have these voices who help contribute, um, but really where the mini, I think, um, gets you know so much of a, it's sort of eclectic uh, voice is from the collaboration that we do. So we are constantly bringing in new programmers, new curators, new organizations to partner with to bring their voice um, to our programming schedule. So for instance, Black Folks Make Movies, um, they're an organization in town run by Pam Thomas. She does a monthly screening. Um, we've had T.T. Stern Enzi, he's the City Beat film critic, as one of our regular programmers. Rom Wells, he's a, a local cinephile. Um, I mean, the list sort of goes on. Um, even coming up, we are partnering with Red Bike uh, for Bike Month. So wow. we're showing a film with them. So it's exciting to uh, be able to partner with these organizations and kind of piece together um, a program, you know, for the month. That's great. You guys do a fantastic job. Thank you. Um, one, I know that you do something that just strikes me as insane, but um, <laughs> you have kind of like an open mic 
night yes. sort of thing. Can you <laughs> yes. tell me a, bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called Open Screen, okay. um, like open mic night, but with movies. Uh, we have done three of these in the last, uh, I guess we started, I think, in January or February. Um, you know, this is a really just an opportunity for film and video makers in the region to show their work. And what we've done is we've made it very, it's mandatory for the filmmaker to be there. So they do have to stand up and kind of talk about what they've um, made and what they're going to present. Um, Andy Marco on our team, he handles all of this. I mean, the open screen events, he's done an amazing job. Um, it really is just kind of the first, you know, six to eight filmmakers who sign up, we show their work. Um, we always warn people if there's adult content or something <laughs> challenging, which you have to do. Right. Um, but we get a great mix of older filmmakers, students. Um, you know, it's, it's a really fun night. So we actually hope to expand that. We've been doing it every uh, other month. Um, and hopefully we'll get some funding to do it every month. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems like a great idea. Um, so I'm glad it's going well. Yeah, thank I you. Also, I also love your, uh, you, you do screenings for kids on Saturdays. Yes, like, yeah. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, it's called Lils and Lils. Um, the name uh, comes from uh, one of my good friends who owns Lils Bagels, um, who donates bagels to the screenings. Um, and so we have Lils and Lils uh, the first Saturday of every month. And it's about 30 minutes of uh, programming that's made up of lots of different animations from all over the world. Um, like I said before, our screenings are always free. So we just, we love seeing people from all different places from the city come in, um, different ages. This specifically, it's interesting. We have kind of our age range for this is maybe three to six years old. Mm -hmm. um, and their parents, <laughs> we do... <laughs> provide free bagels, I said, and free coffee, so that helps. Um, what I love about this programming is that, well, first off, it's probably my favorite program to put together um, because it's really fun. Yeah. So I get to interact with filmmakers from all over the world and um, pay them, which mm. is cool, to show their work, and really expose young children to different aesthetics, different voices, um, I div a diverse range of stories. Oftentimes, these, this is the first time any, you know, a small child has been to the movies. Um, it's not really, you know, it's not a big movie palace, of course, mm -hmm. um, but we still do have popcorn. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Lils and Lils program is really, really fun. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way to kind of expose uh, alternative cinema and alternative modes of filmmaking to a younger generation. Okay. Yeah, I know. My I took my son one time, and he he's he's seen a lot a lot of movies in his time, but never anything kind of experimental or off the beaten path. And he he came away, he loved it, and yeah. it wasn't just the free bagels. So. <laughs> awesome. We'll um, definitely come back. I I think that one screening you came to was a little little too crowded. So yeah, that's a good thing yes. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, um, I know you are. They, the mini micro cinema, your seating is limited. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of a first come, first serve situation. Yep, we our doors open uh, 30 minutes before showtime. So it's really, you know, the first 35 people who are in there um, get to stay. So, Have you had any kind of uh, surprising, like, runaway hits where you weren't <laughs> expecting a huge crowd, but 
Oh my goodness. It's really hard to predict. I mean, we live in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, really depends on the, uh, the film that we're showing and the audience it kind of caters to. Um, I hate turning people away. I really do. It happens. Mm. Um, and I always tell people, please come back and please support us and become a member because what happens is as we grow bigger, we're going to be able to offer more screenings and show one program more times. So we'll show it, you know, twice in a night rather than just once or over the course of a week. You know, I kind of mentioned that... Um, we have to turn people away and to support us. Well, one way that you can support us, kind of like the mercantile here, is to become a member. Um, so we do have a really sort of, you know, robust membership program. Um, what At this point, we have almost 250 members. We're trying to get to 300 by July 1st. Um, and we're being really, really transparent about where that money's going. So it's really going directly to paying the rent and utilities of the space. Um, so that's one way that it's $50. Uh, it's a one-year membership. You also get a free poster of your choice um, from our selection. So, you know, if you've ever come to the mini, if you've ever been turned away because we're too busy, you know, one way to support us is become a member and just, you know, have a little patience before we can start offering more screenings. Okay. That's good advice. Yes. <laughs> um, have you in... I, I imagine kind of as you're running this organization, you're also kind of learning more about film, um, just like discovering new things. And is there has there been anything that you've kind of stumbled across or surprised you as you know, kind of blown your mind since since you started doing this. Oh goodness, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a film or a filmmaker that I've you know come upon, but what has uh, surprised me and delighted me is you know the community here in Cincinnati. They really have stepped up, and you know they support the mini. I mean, we're a small experimental cinema. Um, and we're, you know, thriving. I mean, people are really excited about what we're doing. Um, we show some really weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we show stuff that um, you're not going to see anywhere else specifically, you know, necessarily um, in a conventional movie theater. You might see it in a gallery. You might see it in another micro cinema in another city. Um, but we show, you know, art film that really, really pushes boundaries. And I've been really, really delighted that the community here in Cincinnati um, is just as excited as I am about this type of film. Um, one thing that I've realized when we, after starting the mini and as it's changing is we really are trying to fill a big void. That's why we're showing sometimes a little more conventional work, foreign film, documentary, because no one else... Actually, I won't say no one else. I think there are a lot of other cinema organizations in the city who are helping to fill that void. Um, but I will say we are trying to fill this void consistently um, with weekly programming um, and, you know, from all different types of voices. Uh, so, you know, our programming has changed over the years. Um, but that's okay. We're kind of catering it to what Cincinnati needs, you know. So I agree. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And you do show a lot. I mean, how many <laughs> average screenings do you think you do a week? We at, we at least do two to three. Um, I 
been really busy with work and an upcoming show that I'm in. So I've purposely sort of, we've kind of um, been a little bit slower mm. this year. I think we did 120 screenings last year. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We also, one thing I'll note is, in general, depending on the grant, um, we are all volunteer. Um, you know, it is my hope that in the next five years that I am a full-time, fully paid executive director of the cinema. Um, but right now, you know, this is a passion and it's it's not a job and people have to know that we're doing the best we can. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of sacrifice, um, both perverse, both personal and professional, but at the same time, we love it. I love it. I know my team loves it. Um, so yeah, and I've always said, you know, if you're going to do something, you have to do it right, and you have to do it consistently, and you have to really push it. Um, that's what we're doing, the <laughs> mini. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I'll note is that we also pay all of our artists and all of the filmmakers, which doesn't always happen in other art spaces um, and cinemas. So we, every Hollywood film that we show or bigger film, I mean any film, no matter how small or big, we pay people. Whether it's $25 for a short animation or sometimes we show work that costs us $600. Um, on average, our screening fees are probably between two and 300 per screening. And that is an absolute loss that we, it's a hit we take. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I always want the mini to remain accessible and free and open. So it's kind of a, looking at cinema as not a commodity, really, mm -hmm. um, more about an exchange of ideas. And I don't know if you can put a price tag on that. Right. So, yeah. Do you usually work directly with the, the artist or the filmmaker? It really depends. Um, it depends on kind of, you know, every film, it's kind of a mystery to kind of figure out the distribution rights mm -hmm, right. and who to talk to. Because um, it's not only about if you're working with a big distributor, but it's about the region. So sometimes I'll contact a, a company and they say, oh, you have to contact this other one because this is our European region and not the US region. Um, we, you know, do contact filmmakers directly. Sometimes they do refer us to distributors that they work with. Um, I would say it's probably 50-50 at this point. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Is there anyone that you'd love to kind of get their work shown here that for one reason or another you haven't gotten around to yet or run into an obstacle or anything um, like that? You know, we're just kind of, let's see. We program everything based on a two-month cycle, mm -hmm. and we really only finalize anything like two weeks before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say our May-June calendar just came out. Um, so, you know, we are trying to do more and more future programming. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think it comes with hopes and dreams of kind of um, bringing in people that, you know, I would want to. I will say that one filmmaker and artist that I've, absolutely admired for a long time is Miranda July. And I somehow, some way, figured out uh, for Photo Focus um, to bring her here. And so I've, I was, as a guest curator, um, she will be speaking at the Woodward and we're gonna be doing programming around a uh, feminist film archive that she made, or uh, has just actually been um, acquired by the Getty. So she's not only a filmmaker, um, but she has this 
project, this distribution project that she made in the mid-90s, um, with, which helped a lot of young filmmakers um, show their work. Um, so Miranda July is coming in October uh, for Photo Focus, um, co-presented by the Mini Micro Cinema. I'm really, really excited. That is probably the biggest speaker <laughs> we've ever um, had, and it's all thanks to Photo Focus. And I will say I literally just started with an idea. I said, who did I want to bring here? Um, and yeah, that's happening. It's really, really exciting. It must be a great feeling to say, this is someone I'd like to work with, and then yeah. it happens. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you never know until you ask yeah. what will happen, you know. Right. So it's it's exciting. Um, so this might be a little bit of a fraught question for you, but <laughs> you said you just released your May and June schedule. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Is, is there anything there that you think people should not miss? Oh, my goodness. Um, there's so much great stuff coming up. Um on May 1st, we have a film from the 70s called Punishment Park. Uh, Peter Watkins, right? Yes, Peter Watkins, who, to get that film, I actually had to contact him directly. You're kidding And me. pay him directly. And, and he was so uh, thankful and, and excited to learn about the mini and what we're doing. So, you know, that's a neat thing when you get to actually, you know, converse, you know, via email with, you know, an, an amazing filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that film is showing on May 1st. Um, we have a, oh, a really great 16 millimeter film program showing on May 10th of George Kuchar's work. Um, full 16 program uh, that is curated by Andy Marco. And um, George Kuchar was an avant-garde experimental filmmaker with his brother as well. He collaborated. And what I love about his work is he really does not shy away from using humor. Uh, which is not always something that happens um, in this realm. So um, that's going to be a fantastic show. I will mention the first time that we are doing a ticketed event um, is coming up on um, Saturday, May 19th. We are actually collaborating with the Weston Gallery. And um, at the Fifth Third Bank Theater, we are showing a film called A Page of Madness, which is an avant-garde film from the 20s uh, from a Japanese filmmaker. And we also, along with the film, um, there will be a band called The Little Bang Theory, and they'll be playing a live score, um, live original score to the film. And the catch is, and we actually uh, hosted them one other time at the Carnegie, the catch is they only use toy instruments. Oh. So it's a really, really fun time. They're very talented musicians um, coming down from Detroit. Uh, the tickets are $12. Um, I am now understand the stress of selling tickets. I never <laughs> want to have to do yeah. this again, even though it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. um, now I know the process. So, uh, But it should be really a really good time. So that's coming up. You can find information on our website and also the westernartgallery.com. I know people will just Google Mini Micro Cinema. But what's your website anyway? It's mini cinema. Org. Okay. Is that <laughs> yeah. the best place to go to check out your... Yes, absolutely. And I always tell people, join the email list. Um, I try not to be too annoying. I send like one email a week. Okay. So with just kind of the upcoming schedule and special announcements. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mentioned getting paid, which <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with thank that. Thank you. Thank um, you. Do you guys have any other big plans on the horizon? Um... Let's see. 
what do we have? Well, we also, um, in terms of our programming, you know, we we're doing this Fifth Third Bank Theater thing with the Westin. We're also collaborating with the Cincy Fringe Festival, so curated uh, film fringe, um, which is happening in early June. The summer is going to be sort of our regular programming. Then we have Photo Focus in October, so that's a really, really big, uh, you know, month-long celebration of lens-based art. We're going to be presenting more than 16 different programs over that month, including Miranda July. Um, I am just trying to get through this year. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes, uh, we are officially a nonprofit. Uh, we are actively writing grants. Um, you know, we do need to kind of put together uh, an actual board that's going to help us with some of those fundraising goals and kind of thinking about the long-term sustainability of the cinema. Um, we have so many ideas, ideas from um, doing, a, I would love to do a film library and archive. Um, I'd love to also do a zine where um, film writers, whether in the city or other places, um, have an opportunity to write criticism and, and critique a film. Um, we want to expand our Lil's and Lil's programming to do workshops and also expand for older, older kids as well. Um, so I have so many ideas, like so many ideas, um, and it's really just a matter of figuring out that funding piece. Um, yeah, that, I think, is that the most, that's probably the biggest challenge for most nonprofits? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand outside of your role as director of the mini micro cinema, you have, you, you're an artist in your own right, and you have a, a show starting soon, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is um, a show that's opening at the Western Art Gallery on May 4th. Um, it's also, it will be up through June 10th. And um, it is my first big solo gallery show, so I'm very, very excited. Um, most people think I actually, you know, kind of make a conventional film where you would see, you know, sit down and watch in a cinema, and some of my work is like that. Um, but I also do a lot of installation-based work, um, so sometimes I'll project on buildings or um, do gallery work that uses different screens and things. This, um, this show, which I've been working on for the past year, has to do with information. Um, and I'm really looking at our digital lives versus our analog lives. And um, it actually happens to do a lot with literature. Um, and so I've, there's some books in, in the show that, that I made. There's also dealing with text, um, really kind of looking at how we, um, in the digital age and in, with, with artificial intelligence and all of these things, how it's kind of changing how we absorb information um, and really kind of the absence of critical thought nowadays. What? I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, really light subject matter I'm going through uh, with my art in this show, but I really hope people um, get a chance to go see, see the work. There's a three-channel installation, there's a slide projector piece, I'll have text on the walls as well, and some images on the windows. Um, so if you're ever, you know, at the Mini Micro Cinema and have asked me, what is your own work like? This is an opportunity to, to see what I've been working on. Great. Thank you for joining us today on The 12th Story. We encourage you to subscribe via your preferred podcast app, and we're available on the iTunes Store and on SoundCloud. And if you like listening, tell your friends or tweet to us at Mercantile Lib. That's Mercantile L-I-B. Today's podcast was directed and engineered by Adam Kosan. 
Special thanks to our guest, Jacqueline Wood. The Twelve Stories is a production of the Mercantile Library in downtown Cincinnati. Our theme music was created by Doug McDermott. Don't forget to visit us online at mercantilelibrary.com where you can learn about our library and our upcoming events. Have a great week.